Founders of the Future with Joe Mardell. Welcome to Founders of the Future, the podcast making emerging technologies accessible to anyone. My name is Joe Mardell and in this podcast I interview founders of technology startups who are pioneering our future using emerging technologies to create new industries, business models and opportunities. Chaitanya, or as some call him Chad, has been involved with technology and related trends since the start of his career. His combination of industry expertise, drive and vision is what enabled him to become the first Indian origin entrepreneur to win not only the Shark Tank Showcase, but also the prestigious Draper University Summer Pitch 2018 in San Francisco, California. In 2019, he was selected for Entrepreneur Magazine's Top 25 People in Tech after being chosen for Forbes 30 Under 30 in the startup category. Scanta is pioneering the chatbot protection industry, helping businesses to protect their virtual assistant chatbots and other machine learning platforms against the emerging threat of machine learning attacks. Scanta security solutions enable companies to confidently deploy and scale machine learning based corporate systems. Chad, thanks for joining me today. It's really great to have you on the podcast. It's great. Uh, great to see you here, Joe. Thanks for thanks for having me here. No worries. I've been really looking forward to this call. It's actually the first time that I've had a fellow um, chatbot enthusiast on the podcast. So <laughs> yeah, I've been really looking forward to this. Likewise. <laughs> That's great to hear. So uh, First of all, if you don't mind, would you like to just give us a little bit of a background story about um, Scanta, the company, and um, and how that all began? Sure, yeah, absolutely. Um, so interestingly enough, we started Scanta in 2016, so it's been a while, almost four years now. Um, and we started off uh, working in the augmented reality space. Um, so we were working uh, on a project um, by Google called Tango, uh, that would allow us to place um, these uh, AR avatars in physical spaces using a mobile device for the first time. So, so we did a lot of stuff there regarding R&D work and uh, built a couple of games in the AR space and sort of expanded uh, to developing uh, AR avatars. And uh, while we were working uh, working on the AR avatars bit, we also worked with brands like Coca-Cola, Dunkin' Donuts, Wendy's, and so on. So it was pretty exciting, uh, actually, and this, this went on from 2016 to about 2018. Um, and 2018, we also partnered with the Discovery Channel, um, so for an for a show called Expedition Unknown, uh, where I was, um, where I helped uh, Josh Gates, uh, the host, uh, find, um, um, or at least we tried to find hidden treasure in uh, San Francisco's Golden Gate. Uh, um, park. So it was pretty exciting. I think the whole AR journey was um, pretty pretty cool and we built like one of the largest libraries of AR avatars 
the world with about 110 of our own IPs uh, during 2016-2017 and leading up to 2018. So um, while we were working on this, we had a project um, that allowed us to sort of look at various different aspects, like having chatbots at the back end of these characters. So we um, so we had uh, R&D uh, projects that we were doing and we realized how vulnerable these systems are um, to attacks, uh, not particularly only chatbots, the entire machine learning space. And um, that's something that I spent the next few months sort of speaking with the CXOs at uh, you know, the cybersecurity companies of the world, just trying to get a feedback if this threat vector is real. And um, I got an overwhelming response that this is something that we're really looking at, but we don't know how to solve. And uh, um, looking at um, the impact uh, of machine learning in the world right now and the way that we are um, using hyper automation at the scale that we are, I thought it would be it's sort of sort of a fundamental duty uh, from a mission standpoint to try to make this system safer. Um, that's um, that's where we pivoted and uh, we're working on uh, protecting these machine learning systems at Scanta since the past year. So that's a little bit about our journey. And if you see all of this stuff on our website, you, you know, that sort of would link in the story on uh, our previous work on augmented reality and what we're doing right now in the chatbot security space. Yeah, I mean, uh, the fact that you began in augmented reality and, and then transitioned, um, you saw an opportunity and decided to try and um, take the opportunity and move into the space as it's starting to open up. Um, yeah, that looks like you're definitely on the right track. And I agree that uh, there is an opportunity in the ML space for um, security and protecting things like chatbots. This is going to be a really, really important part for a lot of companies moving forward. Um, have you seen a lot of kind of companies thinking about this or considering the fact that they might need to protect their ML systems? Yeah, I, I, actually, that's an interesting question because um, according to our interaction with most companies, the first reaction is something like, oh, I didn't know that this was actually possible. Am I, uh, is my system actually vulnerable? Um, I didn't, I, I didn't think about that. I didn't think that I have to have um, certain security parameters in place from my, for, for like a chatbot system that this is just not the norm. Um, and that's, that's an interesting, um, in, interesting way to start a conversation, right? When you're saying, Hey, this is exactly how you'll get attacked. See it for yourself. And this is not something the, the biggest challenge is we're trying to sort of make sure that this is not something that's uh, on a paper. Um, that's a possible attack in three years. This is attacks that are happening right now. And somebody can, you know, um, just inject the script and do this to you, or um, somebody can manipulate a training data set or the model, or specifically with the world of open source, you don't know what, what you're integrating. So there are a lot of loose ends in the implementation of, um, in a particular implementation of a particular machine learning system. So the first reaction is, I didn't know this exists. Second is more about trying to get validation if it's actually that real, that that it needs a call to action. So uh, it's it's a pretty interesting response because we are definitely, uh, at least based on our discussions, the only players working in this space right now. Um, so it's 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 a lot about making the other person aware that this problem actually exists. 
Yeah, I think a lot of companies, especially in emerging technologies and AI, they're kind of driven with optimism. The founders are very optimistic people and um, it's all about, you know, looking forward into the future and how can we create a really positive future for everyone. And it's quite easy to kind of get caught up in that and forget to think about what could go wrong. So I think the fact that you're bringing this to companies and really opening their eyes to the fact that they do need to be careful and, and protect their systems from people who might want to break in is a really, really good thing because the last thing that companies want is for their chatbots to get hacked. This could be really, really detrimental to their business and, and their brand. It could be a PR catastrophe, really. And you touched on um, something called uh, threat vectors. Uh, would you mind just delving a little bit deeper into that for anyone who might not have heard that term before? Sure, yeah. I mean, what we essentially mean by that is um, identifying what are the various different um, avenues that could possibly um, have a potential threat of an attack. So we looked at, um, so most of the companies, right? I mean, we have cybersecurity companies doing pretty, pretty well uh, in figuring out uh, solutions on the cloud security standpoint or making sure your data is protected, right? So that's a, that's a threat vector that they're solving for. Um, but when we look at machine learning security itself, that's a threat vector that we've not seen anybody really come forward and um, take an initiative on solving this problem. Um, and that's why we're here doing what we are doing today. Absolutely, you know, threat vectors, there's been many um, threat vectors around for a while now. Um, hackers are very familiar with these different routes into computer systems and companies are starting to become more aware of it as well. But like you said, um, the machine learning side of threat vectors is a very new area and, and companies haven't really anticipated this. So yeah, it's really, really key that companies start to think about this. And, um, and then also you, you did bring up a, a topic called um, hyper automation, which is something that is kind of pretty new in terms of technology trends. I think um, Gartner named it as the number one strategic technology trend of 2020. So it's a really big um, thing that's on the way, but I don't think many people are talking about it. So I'd really love to just talk about that with you, if you don't mind. Sure, yeah, and um, as just, just taking a cue from that um, report from Gartner, right, uh, regarding hyper-automation being the number one um, strategic tech trend for 2020. The whole, um, the whole aspect, if you look at any uh, Fortune 500 company right now, the, the, uh, how we're really looking at this is what kind of problem can we solve through machine learning or how can we reduce costs for an enterprise through machine learning? Um, all of this comes under the whole automation uh, movement that we're going through right now. And uh, when we say automation it's sort of also it's also relevant to when you talk about chatbots right so for customer care so now let's say you're spending ten dollars on a phone call for a customer um but if you have a chatbot uh, it's able to articulate uh, the answers the way that they should and obviously based on multiple different parameters but if you're successful in doing that that cost of ten dollars significantly goes down which is important to organizations. 
So hyper automation is there in every aspect of every business. It ranges from uh, solving a problem from the NLP side or machine vision or everything under the sun that you can see on, on machine learning. So um, this is something that I believe that Fortune 500 companies, Fortune 1000 companies, or just uh, startups, uh, uh, medium-sized organizations, everybody is looking towards that um, because they want to make themselves more efficient and second, decrease their costs, specifically in the time that we're going through with COVID. It's imperative that we try to do the best we can to keep the lights on. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Hyper automation is is going to be absolutely transformational. It's just the way that um, the the hyper automation systems will look through the entire business and identify any small way that they can automate a process, and then they'll automatically do that. So it's literally automating the automation, which is really really exciting. Um, it's something that I think is is going to be it's going to lead to so many opportunities. Um, for businesses to slash their costs. Um, going back to that report by Gartner, I think they did. Um, they predicted that by 2024, um, companies will be able to cut their operational costs by 30% by implementing hyper automation with new strategic processes. So that just goes to show that you know, for a Fortune 500 company to cut their their operational costs by 30% is absolutely game changing. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And um, and then, how would you, how do you think that you can use hyper automation within your company and and help your clients using this new technology? Well, we are using machine learning to prevent attacks on machine learning systems, right? So, with all our whole thesis is based on automation and. Uh, it's not a new thing in security, even security companies that provide cloud security or firewalls, right? So they have, the, every, they usually use machine learning in order to solve that problem, right? So just like that, we're also using machine learning to solve this problem. The only thing is that if, if organizations um, like the companies that we just spoke about are looking at hyper automation as an option to reduce costs or bring about efficiency, um, they also need to be conscious about the security implications that need to be in place in order to to do the amount amount of hyper automation that they that they want to do, and that's where we come in. Uh, we want to make sure that all machine learning systems moving forward uh, are protected, and they're not open um, to various different adversarial attacks. So our mission is to use this uh, to use machine learning in order to detect these attacks happening on these machine learning models. Yeah, awesome, awesome. And um, also you talked about something called open sourcing, which a lot of people are gonna already know about, but I would really like to kind of understand um, what is the kind of the best way that companies would be able to use open sourcing and then also the other technology trends that we've talked about, maybe hyper automation, um, and then also protecting their ML systems. Combining all of these different ideas, what do you think companies should be doing in 2020 to get the best that they can with their company? Yeah, um, and according to me, open source, the entire open source movement that we're going through right now, it's, it's unbelievable um, just because it 
gives you the opportunity to build something that would traditionally take a year to build in a matter of a few weeks. And that's, uh, that's something that brings about accessibility for a large scale implementation of various different ML systems. So just to give you an example, how would you, you would make a chatbot about five years ago is very different than how you make a chatbot today. And that's possible because of all of these, of the, of the availability of these algorithms and training data sets available online that allow you to use machine learning uh, at, and implement it at a rapid scale. And that sort of transforms to every other machine learning use case. So it's not about NLP. It ranges from NLP to machine vision to everything um, that you can think of, uh, like self-driving cars, for example. Um, Tesla and other companies, there's a lot of open source models on how uh, these cars are making the decisions that they're making. So machine learning uh, and the open source movement has sort of propelled machine learning into high gear, basically, which allows uh, companies to do this at scale and very, co very cost effectively. Just, you know, getting training data sets might take a company five, 10 years. And if you have that training data set, um, from the get-go, it, it saves a lot of time and effort. So open source is something that, um, and with, the, with that particular movement, everything um, from, a, from a development uh, production cycle is sort of uh, comes into motion together. So it's a great thing to have, but the only problem is that we're looking at only one side of the coin, and I am an advocate of making sure that machine learning systems and the use, use of them and employing them in the places that uh, you know need them and make things and processes more efficient as much as we can. Uh, so we need to use that. But at the same time, we need to be conscious about the fact that not all of these systems are safe to use. When we're employing a machine learning system, oh, sorry, an open source system, we don't know what are the inherent vulnerabilities of that system. And without that, if you're deploying something and putting it in production, then it's, a, it's sort of a recipe for disaster. Um, and we, the whole development cycle these days is not that something that anybody verifies each line of code before implementing it. So that's where um, we're trying to bring more awareness to make sure that whatever you're implementing is safe and it does not have any of these uh, vulnerabilities attached to it. Uh, because just to give you an example of Delta, um, last year, last quarter, um, Delta sued their chatbot provider um, because somebody had modified the source code. We don't know if it was because it was an open source model or somebody from the team, or we, we, we don't have information on that. But what we know is um, for an entire year, all customer information, including credit cards, was going to another IP and nobody was aware of it. It's just because how these systems are made. So we need to make sure that we are very cautious when we're deploying such systems. And that's, that's why, we are, why we exist. Uh, that's what the problem that we're trying to solve here at Scanta. I can see that, you know, the things that you're working on at Scanta are very, very um, helpful for, for companies to deal with these kinds of problems. Like you said, the open source movement is really really exciting and it holds a lot of opportunities because it's it, the open source 
movement is exponential in its nature. It helps companies to access um, systems that they wouldn't have been able to access previously. And when that combines with something like machine learning, which is also an exponential um, technology, it's a disruptive technology. When you, when you get things like this converging, this is when true disruption and transformation happens. So it is, is going to lead to some really great things. But like you said, it's also, it doesn't come without risks. So companies need to be careful when they're implementing these things. That, that story about Delta and the, um, the chatbot provider, that's a very eye-opening tale and companies should be really, really cautious because the last thing that they want is for something like that to happen to them. So yeah, that's really, really key. Um, how would you suggest to companies that they should kind of, I don't know, when they're looking at different potential uh, models that they could use from open source networks, how should they differentiate between the ones that could be really, really reliable and really, really good and ones that could potentially have um, inherent challenges alongside with them? Yeah, I think it's a, it's imperative, um, you know, something that's pretty obvious just to make sure that um, there a lot of people have used those models. So looking at how many people have already installed them, uh, if there are any complaints about it, if there's somebody within the network that can verify uh, that they've used uh, used one of those systems and that's worked on fine with them. That's that's the best kind of validation. If that's not the case, then just looking at the volume of uh, volume of number of uh, downloads or uh, number of people that have used that particular system. But again, that's not hundred um, percent. I would say you know that's not hundred um, percent the right thing to do because there's obviously there might be a vulnerability that nobody's caught yet. Uh, it's very difficult, uh, to be honest, to have a very clear-cut solution to this. It's just more about um, monitoring uh, the activity at the root level of that particular ML system. Um, and that's what we're trying to do at Scanta. We're trying to like look at what goes into the system, what comes out of that system, and basis of which we're able to identify if there's anything uh, that needs attention and might cause um, cause a threat to the organization. Sure, yeah, Scanter's on the front lines of this new wave of innovation, which is very exciting. And also, um, I'd quite like to find out some of your plans for the future. So we've talked about your story up to this point and the things that you're working on right now. Where do you see you taking the company in the next few years? What are your plans um, coming out of the current situation? Yeah, um, well, we see ourselves to be as a focus on you know protecting virtual assistant chatbots moving towards um other systems that we can protect on the ml side as well and uh, over the course of the next two three years um be um i would say our focus is try to be the um the market leader in this particular threat vector of protecting machine learning systems and that that is not only about virtuous and chatbots, but beyond um, and looking at other use cases within ML that we can protect. Um, and um, based on that, build strong partnerships uh, as you go along on this journey and set it set up something that actually changes the security market uh, permanently. Um, that's sort of the vision that we have is to make um, 
a big impact a disruptive um a, disrupt, a disruptive case for making sure that this becomes more of a um we become more of a verb um where everybody needs to make sure that if they're imp- implementing something then um the, it it is on the machine learning and it's protected by scanta so that's uh, the larger um ambitious uh, goals um that we have here at scanta that's really amazing i can see the market kind of opening up over the next few years and and you guys are really primed and ready to take that leader the leader position in the market um i can really really see that happening so um yeah congrats to you guys for that but also moving forward do you kind of identify any potential challenges that you might face in that journey or or hurdles things that might um hold you back trying to take that leader position what do you um what do you kind of do to prepare yourself for any potential challenges yeah i see a lot of challenges uh, i see more challenges um than i see solutions <laughs> it's uh, i mean that that's the journey of every startup so we see a lot of challenges particularly on a um education standpoint because this threat factor is something that's really less known so it's about moving away from um, validating this on a piece of paper to showing that and from showing that to making sure that it makes that much of an impact that the ci of an organization is like no i need to have it this is not a nice to have this is a must have um and that's something that obviously um it's it's an ongoing journey how to articulate that in a way um that people understand uh and we hope that um, we're able to be successful in that but i mean there's a challenge and then on the technical side again nobody's really built this so whenever you're building anything on the technical side has never been built before this is not something that we can just replicate somebody else's uh, or take learning from some what somebody else has built this is something that um, we um have you know pioneered um uh, building over the next uh, over the over the last few months so it's uh, we we are our own example and we just have to learn from our own mistakes we don't have any yardstick to compare us from so and that sounds great when you're uh, in some aspects but in some aspects that's uh, that's pretty challenging because uh, first of all nobody is aware of the problem um and second of all um there is a solution that doesn't exist so it's uh, it's all based on our learning so i think uh, the all of these challenge challenges and i think every organization has to go through this without without challenges there's no fun in doing anything anyway so uh, we're really excited about if or if if and uh, uh, if you wouldn't be able to uh, to basically break through break through these uh, potential uh, barriers that we see in front of us but uh, that's that's all that uh, the journey is about exactly i completely agree that without the challenges it wouldn't be worthwhile and and it's the challenges that actually you know make it fun and and um and bring the fulfillment to the problem but you also did mention the fact that you might have to try and overcome the challenge of helping companies to see that there is this problem and a lot of companies just really don't know about it and they're not aware that they need to start doing this sort of thing so how would you like how do you plan to educate companies or raise awareness with companies about this problem have you got any kind of ideas about what you're planning to do to help um raise awareness of this challenge 
Yeah, I mean, we've been trying to put out the word um, through some media outlets, like, uh, like for example, this interview that we're doing. That's one of the yeah. we're doing this, um, and then uh, been been writing at Forbes a um, couple of articles about just trying to get a word out on why there's a need to protect uh, the ML system or the chatbot itself. So uh, media is one aspect, and the second aspect is I think spoken to. Um, about 50 C- CIOs of uh, Fortune 500 companies, which has been really good uh, feedback uh, from our side and um, really positive um, reception of what we're building. So we're just trying to make more and more people as we discuss this with more people every day, trying to get the word out uh, with people uh, that understand and that could potentially have um, an influencer role in making a decision if they want to uh, protect their system or not. So it's just uh, going through all of, uh, you know, the CIOs of the other Fortune 500 companies and speaking with them as well as um, speaking with other security experts uh, in similar domains and trying to see if uh, this is something that we can, um, we can push together as a movement um, rather than, um, you know, this is really not about us selling a solution. This is us uh, about actually trying to make a difference in the way uh, these systems are built and uh, adding that protection layer onto it. Great. Well, it really does seem like you're doing all the right things to make that happen. And in the words of Peter Diamandis, by the end of the decade, there'll be two kinds of companies, those with AI and those that are bankrupt. And I would like to argue that there will be a new quote, which could be that by the end of the decade, there will be two kinds of companies, those with AI and Scanter protecting their ML systems and those that are bankrupt. So thank you for joining me on the podcast today. This has been an excellent conversation. I've learned a lot and I hope the listeners have too. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Joe. This was great. Really, really great. Well, have a good day. I'll speak to you again soon. Take care. All right. This is luck. Bye-bye.